Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Jeff Hardy. I'm sitting in for Kyle Case, who's out of town today. Joining me in studio is Michelle Graves. Michelle, how are you today? Hi, Jeff. I'm great. Your voice is still a little deep. Yeah, I still have that little bit of that cold going, so I have that deep, resonant yeah. voice going. But that's okay, because it makes for good voice. radio. Yes. Yes, sounds nice. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to emphasize it a little bit more, so I'm even trying to go a little deeper than it is without the uh, cold. So Okay. Maybe you should, yeah, maybe it's a new sound for you. You should keep it. I like well, it. Well, I'd rather not have the cold if it's okay with you. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Michelle, each year has its own fitness trend, so I thought it might be fun to look at the top fitness trends for 2019. The American College of Sports Medicine surveyed thousands of fitness professionals about health fitness, health and fitness, and the results went public in ACMS's Health and Fitness Journal. So let's talk about the top 10 fitness trends for 2019 for this year. Good. All right. The first one is wearable technology, which is anything like a smartwatch or fitness tractor, heart monitors, anything like that. That's been in the top 10 for the last three or four years and I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah, they make the best Christmas gifts and they've really come a long way. It's really, really nice have. to it's have a tracking how, system. how uh, efficient they makes are. Makes you feel accomplished <laughs> after your workout. The second one is group training and I've noticed an increase in this. Any workout with more than five participants, um, that's been a top 20 trend um, since 2017 and they keep improving that industry, workout classes, um, motivation, bring your friends, do something together. That seems to be a good, yeah, good work, way to make fitness is, fun. It's tremendous motivation, isn't it? Right. I mean, it's very easy to talk yourself out of going, but if you know somebody's going to be waiting there for you, it's a little harder to talk yourself out of going. Well, and it's also nice to have someone yelling at you and telling you what to do. That There's motivation in that. <laughs> I, I guess there is. That doesn't motivate me, but that may motivate you. The next one is high intensity interval training, and that's uh, it took its top spot last year and in 2014, but uh, it's a small drop, but it's still playing a big role. And that's anything that, that requires, as it says, you're working out very hard, makes you sweat hard in over a short period of time. So you're working your muscles, fast reflexes and stuff like that. Yeah, I think the controversy is always um, the threat of injury, but you get a lot of bang for your buck when you work you out that way. Injury or not. If you get injured, you get a big bang for your injury buck too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The next one is um, fitness programs for older adults. Which fits right in with our program. Which is our program with the Huntsman World Senior Games. And I'm so pleased that that's on the uprise because really older adults are doing remarkable things. Their mobility is increased and um, just everything by by adding fitness. So I'm glad that's a trend. Well, and especially bone density because you lose a lot of bone density as you get older. So helps being, maintain that. Yes, it helps maintain the, the bone density. I agree. The next one is body weight training, and I like that because you don't have to have anything. It's just using your own body. It's like planking or push ups, that kind of stuff. Pull ups, chin ups. You're using your body weight as the resistance. So that's so you always have it with you. You don't have anything to pack anything extra when you go on trips. You always have your body weight with you. Some of us have more body weight than others. Okay. The next is employing <laughs> certified fitness professionals. And I think with the upswing in the economy, we have a little bit more money. And, and I think that's a great thing to do because it's a great way to make sure you're doing exercises properly and not getting hurt. And then there's also the accountability. And if you like it, maybe someone telling you what to do. So <laughs> that's right. I like that trend as well. And then number seven is yoga which is something that I've never done because, as we've talked about many times in the show, I consider flexibility being able to touch my knees. We do know that about you, Jeff, which is maybe why you should take up yoga. Just I, saying. I <laughs> I've had offers from people we've had on the show that offers yeah. yoga. But yoga takes many forms, including power yoga, yoga lattes, yoga in hot environments, and more. And I've even heard of goat yoga, and I don't know exactly what goat yoga is, but 
There's goat yoga. Oh out there. yeah, YouTube that. That looks really fun. Yeah, I'd <laughs> like that. I'll have to. That might get you. Yeah, I can see you doing that. <laughs> Number eight is personal training, which goes along with um, certified fish, fitness professionals, like we talked about. But um, personal training helps you set a fitness goal and then work on one-on-one with um, a trainer in fulfilling whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Um, which is also a good means of accountability. That's true. And the next one, number nine, is functional fitness training, which is a very practical training. It, it's things that help you improve balance, coordination, strength, and endurance to improve activities uh, for daily living. Like a squat, for example, is a functional exercise because it can mimic the motions it takes to spend down or pick up or even get off your chair. So functional fitness training. Okay, and the final one I love the most, I think, exercise is medicine. And I have always said that I have saved my family a ton of psychological uh, medical bills because I like to just get out in nature and, you know, it takes a load off your shoulders. It It really does a lot to to mend your mind as well as your body. So I love that one. Those are good tips. Those are all things that can help us make good goals in the coming year as far as exercise is concerned. And uh, and now we have joining us in studio at Dixie State University Associate Professor in Health and Human Performance, Dr. Travis Ficklin. Dr. Ficklin, what do you think of those lists that you just heard? So I enjoyed listening to that because you the, that entire list is basically exactly what my students are engaged with on a day-to-day basis. So they, they come from different backgrounds. They want to go different places with their training. They want to go maybe into medical professions or whatever, but they are all – you know, centered on this exercise science, which is the degree program I teach in. So these ACSM guidelines, the idea that exercise is medicine, which has been an ACSM oh, yeah. mantra for years now, uh, is exactly the kind of thing that has brought them and attracted them to that major. So mm-hmm. they're here at a university in a beautiful place where they can go outside all the time, be active all the time. And so they know they like that. They know how it makes them feel when they exercise or when they're active and now they're kind of learning some of the science behind that. So I love hearing that list. Every single item you go through, I kind of think of the underlying science behind it. And I think, oh, there's so much more we could talk about. And well, we'll I am going to look into goat yoga. <laughs> I love the word yoga lotties. And if goat yoga involves touching the knees of goats, I will probably <laughs> forego it. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying for me, flexibility is touching my knees. <laughs> uh, but add goats to it, you know, yeah, it could yeah. be a whole other thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, some motivation to go a little bit lower. Well, I'm really excited to get into the science of exercise because you really get specific and make those fine adjustments that really make the May really make a difference, especially in what we see in professional athleticism from what I can gather. But tell us a little bit about your background and um, all that good stuff first, and then we'll jump in. Sure. So um, I come from a baseball background, so I have this insane bias towards diamond sports. So I'll just maybe <laughs> I should just press, preface everything with that. So there'll and, be a lot of diamond examples, <laughs> softball, baseball examples. I'll try to be careful not doing it too much, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I do tend to, to, to revert to those examples a lot when I can't come up with another Well, that, that works. That works. If it works, it works. <laughs> and so if you can imagine then being a young, recent graduate from uh, undergraduate with a degree. So I studied physics and education when I was an undergraduate. And so what I wanted to do was teach physics and coach baseball, which is what I did. I I taught physics and I coached high school baseball up in Utah County mm-hmm. um, at uh, Mountain View High School. So shout out to the Bruins there, I guess. <laughs> and um, and that was great. I, I, I ended up becoming a de facto 
pitching coach, and so I had to educate myself on pitching mechanics. I hadn't been a pitcher when I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been a position player, and so I had to educate myself a lot about the underlying mechanisms. And I was just – every time I engaged with that, I got so excited because it was all physics. To me, it was all well, physics. Yeah, it is. And so when I found out there's this actual discipline called biomechanics that you can go and get a degree in and people will actually pay you money to study <laughs> how people throw or hit or run oh, or yeah. jump or whatever. So I typically focus on performance, um, you know, so I, I try to work as much as I can with elite level athletes in terms of throwing harder, jumping higher, running faster, those types of things. But the students that I teach on a day-to-day basis, like I said, they, they come from these varied backgrounds and they have a, a wide variety of goals, including medical and clinical. They want to work with people who are trying to rehabilitate from injury or they want to work with stroke patients and help them um, recover function that they used to have mm-hmm. and that had lost through brain injury or what have you. And so um, and so I try to tailor any of the biomechanics that I teach. And the motor control is kind of the other thing that I that I teach there to a wide variety of examples. Okay, for those who are not maybe as intuitive as some others, what exactly is biomechanics? I mean, I, I have an idea of what it is just from, from the words, but mm-hmm. can you explain what biomechanics Absolutely, is? Absolutely, yeah. So, and, and this is our starting point every semester, right? What is biomechanics? So bio, bio of course, is going to have to do with living systems, organisms of any mm-hmm. type. We apply it to human beings, typically in my profession. And mechanics is literally the physics of it. So sometimes I'll tell people I study the physics of human movement, and that will either open up a discussion or it will shut it right down. <laughs> you tell by the rice can't you? If the rice glaze over, you know you've lost them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you can imagine taking something as cool as hitting a baseball and turning it into an engineering problem full of math and computer science, that's what I do. Well, and that area of expertise <laughs> has amazing. really come a long way. So years ago, I worked for the Vic Braden Tennis Club. Oh, and cool, Vic yeah. Braden was a great physiologist mm-hmm. who saw that early in professional tennis, that if we can just break down what's going on in the stroke of a racket then and tweak it just a teeny bit or change the brain mm-hmm. to understand, you know, you think you're getting low, but you're not getting low enough, mm-hmm. then we can change the whole game. And so I think that that's what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating because I mean, when I look at what he, what I did a little bit with him years ago, it was so archaic to where technology has brought us just in, I mean, in the last 15 years, really. So talk to us a little bit about what you can do and and how you do it. You talked about wearable technology and that's, it's what you said. It's going to, that's going to become more and more prevalent, right? More and more people have access now to things that monitor their heart rates, the number of steps are taking per day where the number 10,000 comes from it was a magical number that 10,000 steps a day my theory is that it's actually 9,275 steps well I'm sure you're right and that they just <laughs> say 10,000 to make sure <laughs> well, to round up it's easier to say 10,000 than, yeah. than he's saying exactly. math that's good though because now when I don't get quite there I'll feel, still feel really good about myself <laughs> <laughs> but if you and I know this is a show more about um, the, the senior games and, and how aging applies to this which which I know we're going to talk about but the Things you can measure now are just myriad, right? You can, there are sensors you can purchase that are relatively cheap, um, you know, compared to standards of five or ten years ago that will monitor things like club head speed if you play golf or bat head wow. speed if you're a baseball player. And these things are like $150. They transmit information right to your phone, and you've got <laughs> this entire dashboard right. full of numbers. And the, and the 
But I've had on more than one equation players come to me and say, hey, we just got these swing sensors. What does this all mean? <laughs> and so I think that's the other side of this is so we have access to technology that can measure. There's yeah. more things we what can measure. What do we do with all of this information? Exactly. And so I, I like to think that that means I have a job in the future because I can help people sort of figure some of that stuff out. I, think, I do think that, that based on the way things are going, your job is safe. I'm going to hope so because yeah. it's too late for me to take up pro ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but not necessarily based on the rookie. Remember, remember the movie with the rookie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never too late for what they show. <laughs> yeah. Or even the natural. Yes. <laughs> well, you might be able to do a lot more good in, in the field that you're in because it really is amazing technology. And mm-hmm. um, and it's really improving sports just to a whole nother level that we just didn't even see years before just by these these fine, really minuscule tweaks that oh, can be made. Look at the information that they give you when you watch a broadcast of any sport. They'll tell you how fast somebody was running, how fast, fast the pitch was. Uh, where it was located in the strike zone. The, 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 the amount of information is mind-boggling. And I really like to believe, and I, and I, I think it's true, but I really also like to believe it, that when I um, expose my students to what can be measured and what it means and the physiological variables that, that we're actually trying to get at, that by the time they go out and they practice as trainers or they practice as phys- physical educators or physical therapists and occupational therapists, that they have just a little bit more understanding so that when they read research or they under, they can understand what's being researched, they can apply it, and uh, they're, just, they're on stronger footing for, for helping people feel better, you know, be more active, all that stuff. And if so they can understand the technology piece of that too, then they can make those connections. People go buy a sensor of some type. They have their – we probably can't name products – but something designed in California. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Oh, sweet. Let's all get free Apple we're, watches. We're not, so we're not sponsored if, by anybody, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, Apple, yeah, we want watches. Yes, and, but if we were we wearing do. one, which we aren't because you haven't given us any, then um, you know we'd be able to get all this information about our heart rates and our right. steps and things like that. Well, what does it mean? And, and are there periods of the day when our heart rate is more elevated and when it's not? Are there times when we should have it more elevated and we shouldn't? Yeah. How does that factor in with diet? How does that factor in with our work schedule, the amount of time we sit down during a day versus sure. the amount of time we get up and walk around during a day. Right. All of that. It's a big, complex system. And so that, that technology is just one piece of it. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on AM 1450, St. George News Radio. And we're talking with Dr. Travis Ficklin. He's an associate professor in the Health and Human Performance uh, College at, at Dixie State University. And we're yes. talking about biomechanics and how it works. And I mean, something you, you said stuck out in my mind. We can get these numbers, but they're meaningless unless you know how to interpret the numbers. Correct. I agree with that. And but so, it starts with awareness, right? So I right. think that's why they're so popular because it makes us aware like, oh, I want to get that those 10,000 steps or whatever we need. And, oh, I want to know how my mm. heart is working. So I think it opens the door to more education. So. Maybe go they, there. They, Maybe they go share with hand. us. Yes. yes. Share with us some of that education. What, um, you know, how should we interpret the data from like an easy standpoint to maybe just a little more extreme, like, and how, to, and how can it help us? So, so the message that physical activity is good for you, that exercise is medicine, that we shouldn't be sedentary, that message is, is, uh, 
has gotten out to a huge amount of society. I don't think you'd find too many people in the U.S. now that wouldn't believe that that's true. They may not practice it, but they, they but they do believe it. They've heard it and they do believe it. Exactly. And so if, let's say that I got a new Apple Watch for Christmas or something, and then now I, it's charting my steps and I never thought about that before, even mm. if that just caused one change in my brain where I'm like, okay, how many steps did I do today? Oh, it was only 5,600. Well, tomorrow... If I do more, even if it's just making me more cognizant of what I could be doing versus what I am doing, right. that is a leap forward for that individual. Sure. I agree. And uh, so I think education is a really big piece of things. I think that um, I think that when – so I look at this from the standpoint of somebody who's training people to go out and serve other people, right? So if they are able to articulate why it is – that we should be physically active or why it is that we should exercise in these certain ways to avoid injury or to maximize benefit or whatever it is, then they can teach their clients and their patients that. And that's, that's how that kind of thing spreads. Um, if you want to just go all the way back to diamond sports, which I warned you I would do, <laughs> if, if you go down to any of the seemingly millions of tournaments that we have here uh-huh. every month, and you just listen to coaches talking about swing mechanics with very young players, they're surprisingly well-informed. I'm not going to say they're perfectly well-informed, and I hear a lot of things that kind of make me cringe a little bit too, mm-hmm. but it's, it's evident to me that the access to that information is much more widespread, much more open. And so maybe people who are in a position like mine then have this duty to make sure that with access to information, that the information is as accurate as possible, and we help steer people towards, you know, uh, reliable sources. You can go out on the web and find any medical exercise lifestyle advice you want. And that's it, very true. It is. It is. It's. It's. Yeah. It is including the good and the bad. So you can read two different web pages, and one will have reliable information that's based in actual research backed mm-hmm. fact and another one that sort of sounds good and it speaks really like nicely pseudoscientifically and it's super believable because somebody can write well and uh, people will take that and run because it was easy to understand. Right. So if uh, I don't know if I am an egghead, but if I were an egghead, then it would be, um, it would be important for me, I think, to be able to communicate the, the idea of whatever it is that I found through my scientific research mm-hmm. clearly, you know, cogently in a way that people will take it and, and absorb it just as nicely as they absorb whatever, you know, pseudoscience might be on, on the webpage that they read last night. No, no, it's okay. I just want to switch gears just a little bit because where we are talking a little bit about to a, maybe an older audience, maybe not, mm-hmm. but, but how, do, how do the biomechanics change as one ages? Are there things we need to be aware of, things we need to be concerned about, things we need to, be, need to do to uh, mitigate those changes? Yeah, so the more I look into aging, the more I realize it's just not good for you. And, uh, <laughs> it's not for the pain of heart for sure. But it's kind of also hard to avoid. So, the yeah, alternative, The alternative is pretty final. <laughs> it, it really is. And, uh, and, I mean, I love the fact that this, this is all driven by the fact that we hold literally elite-level competitions for senior athletes right. in this area. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. And it's sort of like this thing to aspire to. But even if, even if somebody were older and they don't feel like they want to go compete in, in, in games like these, they still have the opportunities to be physically active. Well, yes, Why should they do it? 
Well, as you age, things like biological tissues change properties. We f- we say things like, oh, we feel stiffer. I mean, you alluded to just oh, yeah. it's a victory if you can touch your own knees, right? And, and <laughs> On a good uh, day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, our muscles, they do get stiffer. Our tendons, they, the, the actual physical elastic properties of them change as we age. The properties of cartilage change as we age. It makes uh, – they degenerate. Um, we, lose, uh, we lose muscle mass as we age. Um, a really interesting thing, if you ever want to look into it, it, it'd be way too crazy to explain maybe in this short time, but there's, there's a thing called un, uh, motor unit consolidation. It just basically means that the muscle fibers that you have in uh, – so the muscle cells in, a, in something like your quadriceps mm-hmm. are controlled by fewer and fewer neurons. It makes you less coordinated. It robs you of strength and power. I resemble that remark. <laughs> I'm getting really depressed. <laughs> so, so there is good news. And the, the good news is that uh, physical activity will mitigate the results of that. Mm-hmm. You can maintain the elastic properties of things like tendon and muscle for longer periods of time if you stay active. You can retain more bone mineral density if you remain active. And even though you really can't totally avoid losing strength and power as you age, the more active you stay and like start now even yeah, because you're just going to get older tomorrow. So start now, put as, you know, um, do as much as you can consult your physician first, right? Before engaging well, yes. in an exercise program. I the, think we have to put the, that the disclaimer. The disclaimer. Yes, and, uh, and so the idea is you, you build more of a reserve of that strength and power so that as it, as it, as it deteriorates with age, you just started from a from a higher plateau, mm-hmm. and it just means that your later years you'll have more quality of life. You can engage in competition if you want, but even if you don't want to, you can go take your dog and go for a hike. If you look where we live, oh yeah, and the the or anywhere you live, anywhere you live, yeah, that's a that's a really important point. I just love living here, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but that's a really important point. You could you know go for a walk with your dog and. You you might have aches and pains because you're you're aging, and that's that's part of the mm-hmm. process. But you'll have fewer, and you'll feel better doing it. And uh, and uh, the health benefits are definitely there. You can actually stave off a little bit of the effects of loss of strength and power, and even the the loss. You actually you literally m- lose muscle mass, and you yeah. can sort of slow that process. Even. I can speak for myself that I noticed the biggest change by the time I was sixty. By the time I turned sixty, I noticed the biggest drop in in abilities i mean things i used to be able to do that i could no longer do or that were hard for me to do i know it's the biggest drop about the time i was turning 60 so we're just about out of time so in another in the last minute or so what would you say to somebody who's sitting on the couch thinking about maybe being active but isn't what would you have what 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 advice would you have for them anybody who's active in anything had to start somewhere and so um so don't worry about what other people think don't compare yourself to other people uh, don't worry about whether or not you're perfect at the technique. Get up and do something. If you even engage in moderate exercise 20 to 30 minutes a day, there's benefit in that, you know, as long as that's a safe thing for you to do. If, you, if you're a heart patient or things like that, then you need to get some medical clearance, of course. But start somewhere, and it could be as simple as go for a walk. If you work in an office because uh, – uh, uh, because that's just how you make a living. Get up and walk around every hour or so. That's right. You know, don't don't spend four or five hours seated in a row. Um, 
get up and move around, engage in some exercise, and you'll find that most things that have to do with adding a little bit of strength, adding a little bit of postural stability, like practice sitting up straight and mm-hmm. things like that, it spares your muscle activity, it spares bone, you know, the cartilage stiffness and things in your joints. And you can, if you start there within, you know, a little while, you'll start to feel better. You'll feel more encouraged to do it. That's what I would say. Start well, that's, somewhere. That's great advice. And thank you, Dr. Ficklin, for joining us today. You've been, you've been very informative. Would you be willing to come back and join us again? Because I think I can see lots of different areas where we could just spend the entire time talking about just things we just kind of glossed over today. I that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. Well, we'll yeah, have you I'd back like to then. get deeper into the biomechanics, but that was a good prescription for us all to follow. Um, just always our, always our mantra, get active, be active, right. stay active. So we'd like to thank Dr. Ficklin for joining us. Remember to join us each and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for the Husband World Senior Games Active Life on St. George News Radio, 1450 a.m. You can also listen to this or any of the past shows at www.seniorgames.net, or you can sub- subscribe to our podcast. Just search for the Husband World Senior Games Active Life in Google Play Store or the iTunes and subscribe. It's, it's 2019 and it is flying by. Team registration opened January 1st and we already have over 480 teams signed up. Some age divisions and some of the sports have already filled up. So get online today and register because you don't want to miss this wonderful event. And as a reminder, team registration will open on March 1st. If you have any comments or questions or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to activelife at seniorgames.net. And our quote for the day is, create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. Until next time, stay active. Bye-bye.